corrupted Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Brennan. Welcome to a very surprise episode of Dongle Talk. Ooh. Didn't see this one coming, did Mm-mm, you? Snuck up on ya. We didn't even let the dongles choose this topic. Uh-uh. What are we covering today, Brennan? Today, we are covering the television series and movie, Neon Genesis Evangelion. What? What? Dan watching an anime? <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of unusual. It is, yeah. It's not really anything I necessarily get into. And I've tried to watch several since high school. Uh Uh-huh. And that's about when this one came out. Yeah. When I was in high school. Yeah. Although catching any airings of it would have been kind of hard in the States. Yes, that's true. Uh, Because this this, uh, show and the movie has had just a crazy history uh, of just never being released in the United States or being released very limitedly uh, until Netflix just recently was able to get the rights to it and release it officially, which is where you watched it. Yes. I I watched this originally illegally, just as God intended, <laughs> because that is the best way to watch Evangelion. Anyway, okay, so we're covering my favorite anime. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Might have heard of it. It's pretty popular. It's pretty well known uh, for being so interesting. I'm going to give a plot summary. This is a plot summary from the director, Hideaki Anno, who we'll, we'll talk about him more later because uh, he's very important to what the series kind of means. And I thought it's kind of a lengthy quote, but it'll kind of set the stage here of really what we're going to be talking about because this is a show about giant mechs and they punch things, right? Right? We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, okay. Uh, this is a worldview drenched in a vision of pessimism, a worldview where the story only starts after any traces of optimism have been removed. And in that world, a 14-year-old boy shrinks from human contact, and he tries to live in a closed world where this behavior dooms him and he has abandoned the attempt to understand himself. A cowardly young man who feels that his father has abandoned him, and so he has convinced himself that he is a completely unnecessary person, so much so that he cannot even commit suicide. And there is a 29-year-old woman who lives life so lightly as to barely allow the possibility of human touch. She protects herself by having surface-level relationships and running away. Both are extremely afraid of being hurt. Both are unsuitable, lacking the positive attitude for what people call heroes of any adventure. But in any case, they are the heroes of this story. I thought that was a darn good quote, which... Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is. Yeah. Uh, So, from that, you can gather that this show about robots and aliens is really more about the characters within the series. Well, our work is done now. You yeah, that was us. it. Thanks for that listening. That was that. Like, what did you think of of kind of the story going through? Um, I'd have to say that it starts off feeling very, you know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. 
And it feels very traditional in some type of mecha type adventure yeah. series. And man, and then it just does not go there. No, it really doesn't. That's just the basis of it. Mm-hmm. And after watching what the 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 one and only season and the the one movie, the one movie that's all we're covering because mm-hmm. it's all you really consider to be canon. <laughs> yes. Um, after watching all of that, I question everything. Yeah. If if, if any of that actually even happened, it does all happen. I know, but it leaves you feeling that way. It, yeah, uh, because it, like you were saying, it is very traditional. It sets up some mysteries. Uh, sure. And you have likable characters. You might think to yourself, "Oh, Shinji, who is the protagonist." You might think to yourself, "Oh, Shinji's he's kind of a sad little guy," but, but he's going gonna to work through. Yeah, it. that's his arc. That's him developing, and and he does. He does get better. You see him laugh. You see him smile. But then the series just proceeds to beat him into the ground <laughs> every time he gains something he turns around and loses it the universe the lore and everything is definitely on the wayside of the series it really does not matter much but anyway anyway so yeah like you said going into it i i also thought this was very traditional i thought oh this is just a normal series because i remember hearing people talk a lot about it but i didn't hear really what it was about and everything I had seen from you in regards to any shirt you purchased mm-hmm. or even these these uh, mech units, I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I will say this, though. Extremely pleasantly surprised by the way it turned out. Mm-hmm. Because I was not expecting that. And I don't know. Did you have any preconceived notion on how i would handle it uh i knew that you would like it because it gets very artsy and i knew that you would appreciate how three-dimensional and unique the characters are um i was just really hoping you weren't going to go into it looking forward to like the action oh like like the fighting and stuff because i i think that is the wrong way to kind of go into the series is going, I want to see the cool robots punch things. Because when that happens, it is very cool. Yeah, it's very satisfying. The, the animation and the choreography of the fights and everything in this show are fantastic. Top tier stuff. But that isn't what matters with the show. And I was really hoping that you would look at it that way. Of the fight scenes. They're, they're, they're like the side dish of what you get. And what you get is the characters. So I was hoping that you'd go into it, you know, with that kind of mentality, which I think you did. It's a fun, it's a fun reflection on life. I'm mm-hmm. like trying not to get too philosophical about it, but we're going to get philosophical about it. Probably will about other things, but it's that <clears throat> similar to similar to Stalker, where you just get those fleeting moments of enjoyment, mm-hmm. and that's the fight scenes and stuff where you can just let loose in a fantasy world. Yeah. And the rest of it is just misery. Yeah. So you take the moments that you have of levity and action. And even even though sometimes in those moments, things just aren't working out. No. And there's a lot of breakdowns that happen. Yeah. And, and it is just kind of a slope. Because in the beginning, it isn't that bad. 
but then it progressively gets worse and worse and worse. And by the end of the series, the last like six or seven episodes are, it, it is unrecognizable from when it, where it was in the start. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and that is partly to do with the production of the series, which I find very interesting that we're going to talk about here, which um, we need to talk. Uh, I, I'd like to kind of tell you about Hideaki Anno, the guy who created this, because understanding him is also part of understanding the series. So he got his like start working on in animation. He started his own animation studio and he worked on some pretty big like name stuff. Like, have you ever heard of like the Studio Ghibli movies? Yeah. Uh, he worked with one of those animators, one of the lead animators, and helped do scenes and stuff for some of his work. Not anything Studio Ghibli exactly, but like really. Is it Ghibli? I never know. It's Ghibli. Okay. It's yeah, it's definitely Ghibli. <laughs> so, so he got his start, um, but nothing that he really was making was taking off the ground. None of it was getting super popular, and he fell into a depression a very very deep depression oh this is definitely a man working through some things yes and he had started a couple of different projects that didn't even get off the ground didn't even get go anywhere and and then one of his colleagues said okay um ano bring me anything and i'll green light it literally anything and he brought neon genesis evangelion the series was made by a week-to-week basis where Anno knew where kind of like the story would like end and like the plot points to it, but it was basically made along the way where they were turning in like final drafts, like final copies, like the day before they aired. Like it was just one after another. And you can see that because Anno took the series and what he really wanted to do was figure out his depression. This is really just a series made by him uh, to help himself and answer questions for himself. And here's, here's my other quote that I also got from him because it's, it's uh, interesting. I tried to include everything of myself in Neon Genesis Evangelion, a broken man who could do nothing for four years, a man who ran away for four years, one who is simply not dead. Then one thought, you can't run away, came to me. And I restarted this production. It is a production where my only thought was to burn my feelings into film. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I chuckle, but that's a nervous. <laughs> yeah. That's a... Yeah. Wow. That's, that's extremely heavy. Uh-huh. So the series is really one man trying to put all of his feelings and all of his sadness and depression into a show and you can see within the characters in the show how he was feeling they each if you were to put them all together basically you would get the director Hideaki Anno what he was going through not exactly obviously but that I think goes in part to why this show is so impactful because he did such a good job of accurately putting his film or his feelings on the film sadly enough so does that kind of make more sense now thinking back on the series yeah um i kind of thought that was happening Mm -hmm. i will say that uh just for the dongles i did not look up any type of 
anything anybody wrote, any videos. All I've done is watched the show, the ancillary movie, mm-hmm. and had very brief discussions with Brennan. Otherwise, it's just my knowledge base is just whatever I took in. Yeah. That's it. I'm not influenced by anything else. So this is this is probably I'm like a weird experiment to you. <laughs> yeah, I you really are. Uh so that's kind of where the director was at the time making this. This is going to pick everybody up for the holidays, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and I think how much he put into the characters it goes to show that when it comes to movies or TV or novels or whatever, what really matters is the characters and not so much the plot. The plot matters only as to how it affects the characters themselves is what I'm trying to say. Because you can have a big action scene. That's cool. You know, that's awesome. Big old explosions, whatnot. But if if those don't affect the characters at all, it doesn't matter. And I think this show is a great example because, like, the lore and everything for this, I know it all. But you can only learn what the show is actually about, what any of the mysteries, any of the answers to the mysteries are only found outside of the source material. Only through, like, interviews and, like, just weird means. Like, if I asked you, what's the gate of Guff? You would have no idea. (laughs) They talk about it in the show. It's brought up. Or the Spear of Longinus. What the heck is that? What's its purpose? It looked cool. Big robot threw it. <laughs> that was cool. And the show doesn't need to explain any of those things to you. It doesn't need to sit down and be like, okay, this is what this is. This is where this came from. Because you're not worried about that. You're worried about the characters, really. You're just really thrust into this world. Yeah. And you get to learn it just by observing it mm-hmm. for your time spent there. Yeah. And there's a lot going on, but you do pick up on enough. You do, yeah. You get to learn about the history, why they are in the situation that they're in, and some of the mysteries do get answered. They do, yes. But also leaving more mysteries. More mysteries, yeah. But it's okay. It feels all right to just go, I don't know what the F is going on. Mm-hmm. There are so many times in where you just see something weird. You see some weird cosmic horror. And, and you, you just, just roll with it. You just have to roll with you it. You don't have any choice. Yeah. You you might be more worried about whatever the existential crisis Shinji's having. Yeah. Yeah. Which I find very interesting that a show can do that. That it can and, and the lore and everything to the universe I find very interesting when I dove into it. Because when I finished this series my first reaction was, okay, I got to figure out what just happened. Like what, because especially at the end, a lot of crazy stuff happens. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but I just did a full dive into the lore. And I learned every ounce that I could. And, and then I did that and I was like, oh, but that isn't really what the show's about. It isn't I think that's that. okay. Yeah. I think that's okay because with, with any type of art, I don't like it when people just, go, oh, I know what this person is saying. Mm -hmm. And they're confident in it. Regardless of the intention of the artist, we're all kind of right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just what you take of it. Yes. And 
if you take something away from it and it moves you, mm-hmm. that is the ultimate goal. Even if you just go, that was neat, and you're done with it, you still felt something. Yes. I don't like it when stuff is just empty. Yeah. I mean, empty can be fun. True, true, yeah. But... Not in this case, not at all. No. And it all comes to a culmination, all these depressive ideas and all these horrible things come to a front in the end of the series for the dongles, which, first off, go watch the series. (laughs) If you haven't. If you haven't. We're just kind of skating around. We're skating around a lot because there is a lot that unfolds. And you don't want to spoil it? No, for be- anyone? because the the twists and the turns in the story are so jarring and just crazy. Do you have a basic setup in mind that you could tell the Donkles or anybody else listening just so they have it maybe to just lure them in? Okay. Because I feel that would help out. Because right now we're just talking about all this stuff. Yeah. And everybody goes, okay, well, there's giant robots and depression. Yeah. So the world of Evangelion is that in the year 2000, a large meteorite hits the Antarctic, huge explosion, ice caps melt, crazy climate change happens, everything's all terrible. Flash forward 14 years. The world is rebuilt. There's a new city called Tokyo 3. It's this very like futuristic kind of city. It's really cool. And there we meet Shinji, our main character. And his dad, Gendo, works for this super secretive organization that needs to protect the city. He's then called in to... He's, he's called in by his father. And he is forced to operate a giant robot in order to defend the city from a giant alien thing called an angel. There's a lot of religious, like, references within the show. And so then the series continues of him having to be a pilot as, as well as two other uh, children his age, Asuka and Rei. And they have to pilot the giant robots to stop the entire world from ending. Because if they don't defeat the angels, they'll do something and that something will end all of humanity. Because there is... What? They're they're worried about the third impact. Yes. Because there was two. So there was a first impact that never gets explained. There's a second impact, which is what happened in Antarctica, which it may or may not have been a meteor strike. You'll just have to watch the series because there's more to that. And then there's the third impact, which is what these weird angelic creatures will start. And it'll be bad if that happens. And all of the characters within the show have their own struggles all the characters are very three-dimensional all of their motives are not what they seem every character has something going on behind the scenes and it is just a a fascinating adventure yeah even there even some side characters like the one uh woman in the lab no ritsuko yeah yeah she gets a amazing little bit of story yeah that came out of kind of almost nowhere Mm -hmm. And it was, wow, that was really impressive. Um, the angels are really bizarre. Bizarre. Cool designs. They're all very unique. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's your typical kind of 
kaiju versus mecha mm-hmm. scenario, but just kind of weird. Yeah, some of the, the angels is kind of turned up. A yeah, bit. some of the angels don't even really manifest in like uh, traditional ways. I guess they're not all just giant lumbering creatures. Some of them are, and they're cool. But some are just like based on psychological attacks, which whenever that happens with these characters, yikes. <laughs> Never good. But yeah, so you do get fun action in it. Yeah. The, the designs and everything is fantastic. The animation is fantastic. And, um, well, explain the design of the mech units. Yeah, so when you think about mech design back in the 90s, in like the 80s too and everything you think of like very like blocky kind of like gundams or transformers are even a japanese design yeah the original the original ones yeah and robotech too like blocky uh big chunky robots still sleek sleek they were very sleek with their design yes the evangelions the the robots in this are creepy they're like tall they're slender they're gangly. They're gangly. They just have like long limbs and they they just kind of look creepy. Even the unit one, which is the one that Chinji pilots, it has a purple and green color scheme, which is traditionally like a villainous. You'd see your purples and greens on like an enemy. Oh yeah, pick out any comic book. Your rogues galleries tend to have purple and green purple and green yeah the joker Mm -hmm. green goblin yeah those two colors are very villainous and then to have that as your main robot be those colors very interesting designs and it really paved the way for new designs in mecha it it really broke grounds but i don't like any other really mecha designs (laughs) after it so i love the designs of them yeah i think they look great they look super cool it is i guess maybe because I didn't know, I wasn't aware about this. Um, I've seen the influence mm-hmm. and not known all these years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's a lot of influence that this series has had. Because I was just graduating high school. When yeah. This came out. Yeah. I was ready to get married and have kids. Uh huh. So yeah, there's like a, pl- a basic summary, I guess, to to get you interested, get you hooked. I mean, everyone has Netflix. There's 26 episodes in a movie. You have no excuse. It's dubbed if you're a little baby and want to <laughs> listen to some English, which I know that's what you did. I did. I did for a couple episodes. And it just didn't. I, I tried to have it on in the background while I was working on something mm-hmm. because normally I'm very good with following storylines. Yeah. But not with this. No. It did not work out very well. No. So I ended up just watching it. Watching it. Yeah. And then, because, I don't know, I, I've i said it on here, I don't know how many times, I just like the original voice actors. Oh, totally. Yeah. They do a lot of screaming, too. Oh, man. There's a lot of screaming. A lot of screaming. There's also a lot of visual stuff, too, that's worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think a great, the, the peak of this series is the movie, The End of Evangelion, which is my favorite movie. The End of Evangelion is my favorite movie ever. Do I think it's the best movie ever? Well, of course, there, I don't think there's a best movie, but it's my favorite movie. It is such a crazy experience. I, I would say it's more of an experience than anything. I would say watch the series 
if only just to watch this movie because this movie is so i can't even find the words to describe it it's just <laughs> so there's so much to it i almost wish i could have watched it with you i, I kind of wish i could have like seen your reaction to some of the parts in it i can't even we're not spoiling stuff so there's the part there i can't mention yeah because i don't want to spoil anything mm -hmm. but man is that worth the discussion yes <laughs> this movie has such amazing animation the animation on it is so crisp it is easily one of the best animated movies there's so much detail they put into it hideyakiano was able to use and this goes for the series too but he really uses it very well in the movie he uses like actual cinematic or like cinematographer cinematographers techniques and stuff with drawing users gazes to certain areas of the screen and just how like you use like pan cuts and all these unique things that only would really be done in like the editing room. That's what an editor's job is, is to figure all that out, get establishing shots, do all that. But it all had to be done animated for the movie. So there was no editor. It was literally just the storyboarding and Hideaki Anno's understanding of making movies that went into this. So it feels like just a normal movie. That just happens to be animated. So there's the animation aspect of it. There's the sound design aspect of it. So much work went into the sound design using different audio channels, using different like cues and sound effects to lead into the next scene. There's a mountain of good things to come from this. Audio too, or the voice acting, also fantastic. There was a lot of crazy things that the voice actors like did when they were recording it to get more like emotion out of it and it all comes together in the music too oh my god i've been non-stop listening to the soundtrack since i've watched the show it all comes together in this movie that is one of the craziest cinematic experiences that was just me gushing about it what did you <laughs> think i guess without obviously getting into the craziness of the spoilers what did you think of the movie I felt the movie felt very much like the TV show. Mm -hmm. And I already thought a lot of those same things about the TV show where, I mean, I guess I didn't think of it as a separate thing. Yeah. Especially because of the way I, I watched it. Cause I watched the whole series mm -hmm. and then I watched the movie, I'd say like a month or two later and that it's not necessarily better. It's of the same quality as the show. It's just how I took it because I already had a high opinion yeah. of the show. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, I didn't notice anything over the top spectacular about it, visually speaking. It was just continuously crazy like the show was. Continuously good. Yeah. And crazy. Yes. Um, not as crazy as the end of the season because they ran out of like money, didn't they? So they were just using techniques to tell the story without really having to animate everything yeah so as intensely so the end of the series of the, the television series the last two episodes are all within the characters heads it's all just about them and there's a plot reason for that but 
it's all just in their heads. And it hints throughout the episodes kind of what happened because there is a bit of a time gap between the previous episode. It kind of hints at like where the story continued from there, but it's all just within the characters' heads. So it is just this like internal mindscape and mostly about Shinji and it uses like just rough drawn animation sometimes or just like still images, still sketches even of the characters. Uh, and it isn't actually because they ran out of money. That's almost like a misconception or that they ran out of time. It, it's more of like a rumor. It isn't exactly known why it was that way, but it was more that Ano just didn't feel it to be important to explain what happened and wanted to use the last two episodes to explore the characters than the plot. And then they did that. I think those two episodes are fantastic. I do too. They're great. And, and I think I picked that up from something you had mentioned. And maybe you had said that it was a rumor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or a theory that that's what happened. Yeah. And that that's why I brought it up. But I actually like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Because my thought was, well, he's going to, or they're getting weird with it. It's getting a little avant-garde and really artistic and mm-hmm. going off the rails with it. Yeah. And I kind of liked that. Yeah. That this show that you start watching that's about giant robots punching monsters. Yeah. Turns into this. It's. And, and by the time it reaches that point, I feel that. Anybody who wasn't getting into it would have left a long time ago. Yes. So by the time you get to this, it's almost a reward. Mm-hmm. You're having like a dessert. Yeah. Yum. Delicious. It's more of what you want mm-hmm. in a weird way. At least it was for me. But it, totally. Yeah. Because I was completely on board with it. Yeah. The fans, when it aired, were not. They were. They felt robbed in a way. They. Because. The plot didn't really have that much of a conclusion. The characters did. The characters' feelings and their mental state had a conclusion, but the plot didn't. Is and there? Is there? I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Is there a reason why there was never just a season two? Because the story was finished. Oh. The story was done. There would be no more to continue from. Oh. Because I thought the addition of the movie was a... Here you go. Here's more of just how how it should have ended, or this is to make the fans happy. What it was is the fans got really mad, the general audience got really mad, and then they started complaining to Hideaki Anno, and they started complaining to like the animation studio and everything, to the point where they were even receiving death threats. Ooh. The uh, office was vandalized, even. Yeah. Like, they were really mad. So... Hideaki Anno was like, fine, do you really want to know what happened? Do you really want to know what, how the events played out and explain it all? And he did, and it is horribly depressing <laughs> and terribly sad and in a way was just a big middle finger to the audience of just being like, this is really what you asked for. This is what you asked for. This is how these events played out. Because in those last two episodes, there are a few like still frames that appear in the movie. It was all planned out. He already knew what happened. He already knew what went down, but he didn't want to show that because it was just horribly sad and it didn't matter. So then he made the movie and it's just horribly sad. (laughs) It's crazy. And 
So yeah, in a way it was a conclusion for the fans. There's even a bit when, you know when things get crazy in the movie? Yes. Like, and when it gets all artsy again, there's a part where it shows live action footage of an audience sitting in a theater and it's talking about about the characters, but it, it is tied into how getting too attached to escapism is wrong and is almost directly talking to the audience at the time about how they needed to just shut up and move on. <laughs> That's not how I interpret it. See, yeah. I, I viewed it as we're all witnesses. And my thought was it would be a reflection of, say, the theater at the time. And you're all complicit in witnessing this happen and you're doing it for entertainment. And it just, I don't know, I thought it was just like a have fun, feel icky. So in a way it is, it, 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 for way different, it is. different intent. Different intent for sure. But yeah, the end of Evangelion is definitely one of the most interesting conclusions. And I'll say it flat out, it's not a happy ending. It isn't. It never was going to be. And I don't think that's a spoiler because if you watch the series, there's, there's, there's no... no way. There's <laughs> no way things could have ended like super happily. It's definitely a, you'll just have to watch it. You need your own opinion. You need to see it to, to really know. Because uh, I don't find it nearly as depressing as say you do. Not to say it isn't depressing. Yeah. I just, it didn't affect me as much as it affected you. So one thing I want to talk about uh, briefly is the exploration, in a way, of homosexuality in Evangelion, in Evangelion because at the time, it was the 90s, and it was Japan, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing was definitely frowned upon. But this show introduces a very gay character who is very in love with Shinji. And this character is great, by the way. Love him. He's just really well written. And so, what did what did you think? Okay, I guess I should phrase this differently. I don't know. What did what did you think of that character of having a gay sort of set up relationship for Shinji? I don't think I noticed it. Really? I don't think oh, I did. Because, yeah, you know why he didn't notice it? It's because of stupid Netflix. Netflix went in and they changed the subtitles and the dub. So this is near the end of the series. The kid, Kawaru, he has like the white hair. He was like going to be the next pilot. There's a part where he looks at Shinji and he straight up says, I love you. They changed that line for some reason to I like you. Netflix ungayed a character. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's not really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I thought there was kind of something going on, but Shinji just didn't seem into it, is how I took it. What it really is, the character was brought in to show not only that being gay is completely fine, because that is held, that is a thought held by Hideaki Anno, uh, but also that Shinji at that point never cared about who he was getting affection from, and that any affection was good. That is true. So he didn't care and really liked Kawaru, the character, back. And then Netflix had to go in and just make everything not gay 
even though it very clearly is, very clearly was, like Shinji's blushing, but oh, he just likes him. That's a bizarre that they would do that. It's bizarre that I Netflix that, would do it. I feel that there's other stories that they've done that they would not. They totally wouldn't don't do seem that. Seem to have a problem with it any other time. Yeah. And this isn't for kids. No, not at all. Not for kids. Definitely not. Especially with all the sexualization of children. Yes. Which is hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. But I go, not my culture and not my time period. Well, the thing with all of that is it's there. So take the character of Asuka, for example. And her trying to sexualize herself at mm-hmm. such a young oh, yeah, age. Yeah, she totally was. She totally was. That throughout the entire series is shown to be a bad thing. It's shown that she is trying to do that because she wants to be more adult. She's trying to skip the whole thing of being a kid because she feels that she can handle the maturity and that she is adult enough and that she should be just like Misato, who she looks up to, because Misato is very like that. Which is also not a good thing. So, yeah, but she's, so, she's yes. got her own issues. Yeah, that's a very, she has her own can of worms. So, Asuka's sexualization is there. And yes, it, it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. It is supposed to be that way because it's supposed to be bad. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. You're supposed to see that and be like, she should stop doing that. And even characters around her tell her, you need to stop doing that. You are just a kid and she just can't handle that so in her case yes and and then in ray in ray's case a lot of spoilers i have to avoid it's more that she is just an object and that those boundaries just don't matter to her because she just doesn't see them fair enough for her yeah so with asuka i just felt that was different i mean if that if if what you're saying is is accurate Mm mm-hmm I guess I did not pick up on that at all. So, still bad. It, it's still bad. Yeah. Yeah. With Ray, it did feel more just. It um, was. It was very neutral, and it. It was just not sexualized. Yeah. That's the way I interpreted that. Mm-hmm. But Oscar felt very sexualized. Yes. Supposed to be a bad thing. <laughs> so, and that is one thing that Hideaki Anno really pushed because he had a very big problem with otaku culture, this kind of culture of fetishizing like anime girls. Well, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And he hated it. He he saw it all and was like, these people are disgusting. And part of the messaging in Evangelion is about how that sort of thing is terrible. And he did all this work to show that doing that is wrong. And then it ended up just being that People just fetishize those characters anyway. They completely yeah. miss the message. And there's a quote from Hideakiano that's like, people actually like these characters. You're sick. That is like his quote. Like, you oh. are sick if you like these characters. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so don't get in the school girls. Get in the school women. There you go. Misato, she's 29. Plenty old enough. <laughs> so were there any kind of takeaways that you had from the messages in the series? Is, this, is there anything that you more or less like learned or gained? With all the daddy stuff in it, was there something you were trying to tell me? <laughs> no. 
your great father. You were nothing like Gendo. <laughs> no, there. I feel that that was a. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can get that anywhere, but I felt it was very Japanese, of maybe a more modern sensibility from somebody who was younger. I don't know how old he was at the time this was made, but just that. You know, you want your father, you want that recognition mm-hmm. from your father. You want to have that love and purpose. And I feel sometimes from my knowledge is that their society isn't necessarily like that all the time. And like the traditional sensibilities are very cold and not very emotional sometimes. Mm-hmm. And even here in the U.S., we have the same kind of problems, just different. Because it's more about this toxic masculinity and men don't cry, that kind of junk. Where my thing is, is like, I'm a very emotional person. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, like, you're not really going to see me cry because I just don't Don't, cry. Yeah. And I, for one, don't have, I I should be riddled with daddy issues Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of the way I grew up without having one around. But... I just use that as a focus to raise you better, mm-hmm. to be that father who was there and then go, I'm going to give you stuff yeah. that I did not have. Mm-hmm. And the same with your sisters too, not yes. just you. It's a very, it's a interesting thing, an interesting perspective to have on the show. Uh, because when I watch the show, because you are a grown man you have kids, you are much past the points that those characters were in their lives. I was 15, Shinji's 14, so I was 15, I just moved to a new town, I had no friends, and I was lonely. And then I watched Evangelion, which was the worst decision, because (laughs) I then looked at Shinji, and I could empathize with him in a lot of ways where I could look at him and go, I'm, I'm kind of like him. And I was very excited to see him do better. My s- empathy then quickly switched to sympathy because of those actions that he does in the series. But still, I did the wrong decision of seeing myself in him and then seeing just how poorly everything turned out for him and the whole world and everything. And it made me really sad on top of it because it is a very sad show. So then it made me even more sad. Then I rewatched it again because, you know, why not? This is really good. So I rewatched it. But you've also grown. Uh, no, this was, this was like weeks oh. after I finished it. Yeah, I turned around. <laughs> yeah, I turned around and I rewatched it right away. Uh, and then I rewatched it and then I, I got what the messaging was in it, really, because it uses the characters and shows these horrible things happening, but it also does a way of explaining how to avoid that. It isn't that you should see yourself in these characters and then see them get better and then reflect that onto yourself. It's that you should see them and what they do wrong and avoid it, really. It's like a cautionary tale in a way. So then on my second rewatch, it, it improved me so much it made me think about myself and the world around me so much differently it has only improved really my my way of thinking because i completely think about 
with the way that others perceive me and how I perceive myself, I think about it completely differently than I did before I watched the show. Maybe that's why I don't find it as depressing as you do, or the way that you've presented it to me Mm -hmm. as being super depressing is because I did pick up on the self-reflection in it Mm -hmm. of of critiquing yourself Mm -hmm. in a positive way. Yes. Because that message is in there. Definitely. And a very big push of know who you are and there's this sure you're going to want things in life but you're not always going to get them type Mm -hmm. of thing yeah and that's okay it's like just telling you it's going to be okay yeah just hang in there it's it's rough it's a rough ride but Mm -hmm. if you just stick it out the the final messaging of the show really is Mm -hmm. that does true happiness and love and everything exist in the world who knows but you should at least try to find it. Yeah. Yeah, that is one of the core messages of the show, is you should at least be going on and trying to find it. And you were definitely getting to that. You were putting those pieces together. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Go with that, because, yes. And, you know, that's a very deep quote and everything, and that show has messages like that, but it also has messages about, like, alcoholism and escapism and how others view you and about how expectations can be dangerous and a a million different things which is why kind of closing things out here why i think watching this show is very interesting because you can watch it and you can take if you just take one thing out of it it's a good thing. If you can watch the show and you can get some understanding of it, and if you're like me, you can even imply that to your own life to help you, fantastic. Or if you just want to watch very, very good characters, because the dongles are nerds, and they like character stuff. But yeah, there's a million different messages within the show, and every time that I've rewatched this, I've taken something new out of it. Yeah, we've taken this pretty close to what we do for a normal movie. Yeah. And this is just supposed to be a dongle talk. Yeah. And I knew it was going to be a little thick. Yeah. And this has been good because I've had to keep a lot of this bottled up. Mm-hmm. Because every time we started talking about it. We have to be like, wait, we, we got to say it. We can't. We, we can't. can't. Yeah. We gotta, let's just do a dongle talk about it. Mm-hmm. Just get it out there. Yeah. So obviously this episode has been kind of a, a spew. I'm just a bunch of different ideas. And if you haven't watched the series, I yeah. can definitely understand it being confusing and kind of muddled because we've had to tiptoe around so many different so many themes things. and ideas and, and I plot do, points. I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I was, I really wanted to break that, but this is also your topic mm-hmm. and I wanted to respect you for that. Yeah. Because my hope is, is that if like at least one person listening to this decides to give the show even a try, I will be happy because it is such an interesting series. And, and you're a good example of someone who does not watch anime at all. Generally don't like it. Yeah, don't, don't like it. Yeah, so you don't even like that form of media. And you were still able to enjoy the series. Well, okay, I shouldn't say don't like it. I'm more indifferent. Mm-hmm. There's just things that turn me off yeah, with yeah. it. And you've been showing me nuggets of 
anime mm-hmm. that I would have never been exposed to. So I appreciate that mm-hmm. because you are at least having me watch the stuff that you know I'll get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I would have never seen. So thank you. Yeah. And it's, I was really hoping that you were going to watch it. I'm really happy that you did because it is such a big part like behind the scenes, everything. Like I might have like mentioned it, but like I'd be sitting there watching. Oh, I knew like, it was a big deal. Yeah, like I'd just be sitting there watching a million different YouTube documentaries on it and all this and that, and then building model kits too. Those are really fun. So it is a very important uh, series. It's also just like really good. So clearly, you recommend it. Clearly, this isn't yes. necessarily one of those things where you recommend. Yeah, but yeah, but I completely recommend this because it is good for people that don't even like anime, people that love anime, people that I I'd say go into it if you really enjoy very well written three dimensional characters because that is the strongest point of the series. Yeah, I like it too. I guess at the end, I was just kind of like sitting there yeah I was, I was just sitting there and i went well that's it yeah and then i found myself not knowing what to do after that mm-hmm. because how do you follow that up and i had the whole day your mom was out of town mm-hmm. so I had the whole day to just watch whatever i wanted and i just didn't know what to do yeah yeah it was a uh, well I, maybe i should clean something i don't know yeah I don't, I did not know what to do with myself. That's also, interesting enough, that's why they put the credits in the middle of the movie. (laughs) Because then they ended the movie just abruptly. It just stopped. The movie's just over. There was no credits. It just is over. And you just left, you just left there. Okay. So with that. So with that, yeah. So with that, um, I do have to say something. Mm -hmm. Next month in January will be... Our fifth anniversary. Five years. Five years. So if you're a longtime listener of the show, say you started listening in the beginning, you've literally heard of Brennan grow from a boy to a man. Yes. Mostly man. <laughs> you're a man. Legally. Well, I mean, you should probably move out at some point. <laughs> hey. That it's on the schedule. It's on the schedule. It's on the schedule. It's gonna happen. We've got all sorts of time to talk about that. Um, I think we should do something special. For five years? Yeah. Definitely. I'm not sure what that thing is. I really don't know. Mm -hmm. I have a couple ideas, but I'll have to see if I can make them happen. Should get a cake. Should get a cake. Yeah, we'll just eat cake in front of the microphones. Yeah. We'll probably get a million (laughs) listeners for that one. Yeah. (laughs) Father and son eat cake. But yeah, I'm excited for it because it just kind of snuck up. I didn't really think about it. Mm -hmm. And I guess I lost track over the years with making a thing. But wow, five years. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a lot of time. Yeah, we started in 2017. Dang. 2022. Ew. I don't like that. (laughs) We'll be back this month still. Yes, because we still got... December episode. Yep. This is just, we just did this as a special funsy thing. Yeah. Even though I guess, hey, you want to have some fun and talk about an anime about depression? Yeah. <laughs> How exciting. I'm just in time for the holiday. Yeah. Oh. I think Shinji still believes in Santa Claus. <laughs>
nobody nobody was around to tell him that it wasn't real. <laughs> His dad left him. Mom's dead. Who told him Santa wasn't real? <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to send in your thoughts in written form, go right ahead. You can email us at corruptedyouthpod at gmail.com. Some synergy right there. That was. So, yeah, Brennan. Um, oh, I forgot this was a dongle talk. Oh, this is a dongle talk. That's right. Join us in our Facebook group, The Dongle Den. Share some memes. That's right. Kurt can't carry the load himself. Kurt's been posting a lot of memes. He and needs he, your help. He's getting good at it, too. He is, but he needs your help. Phone in now. <laughs> <laughs> Donate your memes. Donate your memes to Court. <laughs> <laughs> also, check out uh, Cinema Psyops, his podcast. It's He's pretty, been doing some yeah. like really cool stuff on there. Pretty good podcast. Yeah, visit our Tee Public store. Pick up something for for the whole family for Christmas mm-hmm. or, or Kwanzaa or whatever. New Year's. Holidays. Yeah. Snow time. Whatever. We're too late for Hanukkah. Yeah. <laughs> Next year's Hanukkah. Yeah. Shop ahead. Mm-hmm. Or you know what? Buy yourself something. Yeah. You deserve it. Mm-hmm. You're it's going on. Rough you're, year. you're getting other people gifts. Get yourself a gift. That's right. Treat you yourself. Know what? That one uncle of yours, he tried storming the Capitol. He's off your shopping list. Mm-hmm. Get yourself something. Boom. Treat yourself, dongle. That's right. You deserve it. So with that. Thank you. Thank for, you, listeners, the yeah, dongles. Thank you for listening to me ramble about 90s anime. We really appreciate you all. And our fellow podcasters. Thank you for your support. Bye. Hang in there, dongles. that it has only improved. There goes my notes.